Today's show is brought to you by the Spartan official injury prevention partner, Ray-Band. Ray-Band has provided athletes at all levels with medically classed patent supports and braces since 1955. At Ray-Band, we believe that no matter your situation, you can always reach a little bit higher. Whether you are looking for compression wear, are recovering from an injury, or just need to prevent shin splints, Ray-Band has a product for you. Pain is part of the game, but Ray-Band has the products to protect and get you past the finish line. So go to Rayban.com and check them out, everybody. They just sent us some gear. Be looking at our website for those gear reviews soon. That's Rayband, R-E-H-B-A-N-D.com. Yeah! Get up! Welcome to the Obstacle Racing Media Podcast with Matt B. Davis. With over 300 episodes since 2012, Matt has produced the most consistent podcast in OCR. Each episode, Matt speaks with race directors, athletes, and industry insiders to bring you the most in-depth interviews and conversations in the world of obstacle racing, adventure runs, and ultra marathons. If you have small children nearby, now is the time to put on some headphones or send them off to watch Phineas and Ferb, as there are occasionally four-letter words. Which are not bleeps. Now. Here is your host. Now here is your goddamn host. Now here's your host, fucking Matthew Davis. Good day, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Obstacle Racing Media Podcast. I'm your host, Matthew Davis, and welcome back. I want to start out by thanking my Patreon subscribers, contributors, Patreonics, whatever you want to call yourselves, Brad Heilwagen, Eric Wilkin, OCR Talk, Jeff Schof, Rhymes with Loaf, Will Hicks, World's Toughest P, Sean Rumba, Chris Stevens. We got a new one from last month, Ryan Masano, or is it Masano? Let me know, Ryan. Thanks so much for the donation. Seb David, who's going to be on an upcoming episode? We'll tell you more about that in a minute. Dan MacArthur, M. Stefano running, P, and Matthew Poonton, who still has an Earthlink email address. Thank you guys all for contributing. Now, I said, Seb David, uh, the episode I thought I was putting up today or this week is the uh, OCR European Championships, which I had Seb on the phone and I had Amy from Mudstickle on the phone. But then, wouldn't you know it, good old Joe D., Joe DeSena was available yesterday. Uh, I was actually giving him a hard time about the million-dollar prize and why I thought it might not work, et cetera, et cetera. And he said, let's talk. So on today's program, Joe DeSena. Always good to talk to Joe. Always grateful he makes time for me. He's a super busy cat. This is a nice, brief-ish, 30-ish minute chat. So I'm going to give you another one later this week. Here's the first one of the week. Away we go. Hang on a second. I'm on with my buddy Matt Davis. Stay focused. Go do push-ups or math. Your choice. I think I'm going to surprise you at the end of the year. I'm not telling you why. Oh, Jesus. Everybody and their surprises. Um, uh, let's see here. Uh-oh. Where could I go? It's, it's not another book, is it? Because you, you have another book. I got lots of books, but I got some surprises I think you're going to like. Oh. So wh- that? am I reaching you? I'm going to be on the couch. <laughs> Are you reaching me in North America? I'm in uh, Long Island right now. Okay. In uh, Montauk? In Montauk, yes. All right. So we're going to get straight to the good stuff, Joe. As much as I would love to talk to you about 100 things, can you stay still for two seconds? I got to find a spot that I like. Okay. Uh, what do I like? 
By the way, you're on the record now, so everything you say. All right. Copy that. Okay. I know uh, Scaramucci wasn't aware he was on the record. <laughs> My buddy. That's your buddy, Mooch? Mooch. Smooch. Oh, the kids left the door open. Hang on. Hang on a second. All right, we're in. So you'll be happy to know. I, I don't know if you know this, but I, yeah. I, I think I might have told you. As a goof, I put together this crazy course around my city that's like they're eventually going to build this thing called the Beltline, which is like all oh, these. Oh, nice. So as a goof, I literally thought I'm going to put this 20-mile. You go behind this house. You jump this fence. I thought we'd have yeah. 20 people. We had 50 people the first year. And now we have like 100 people. So, oh, that's cool. Yeah, and it's fun. And it's like, you know, it's obviously not a moneymaker for me. But anyway, I was just. I love it. But here's the part I want to talk to you about because we, we, you know, this thing about, about parenting. I heard what you said on my friend Will's podcast about parenting yeah. and yeah. about being the bad guy for 30 years. Yeah. And that is tough, right? That's for all of us, right? It's very tough. Um, and, um, you know, and I also think there is, we also live in this world where like saying man up is like a bad thing. Right, like you're not supposed to say "man up" because that means all kinds of stuff. But well, I, don't I say wa- I say "Spartan up" because that's kind of <laughs> you know well, applies to men and women. Well, I know we, you, it, you're I know your feelings towards women, but I'm 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 kidding. Well, here's the thing: is that um, there's this idea that you know anybody who has kids knows that yeah, if you react badly when they cut themselves or hurt themselves, they will react badly. But if you go, hey, you're okay, they're probably going to be okay. Correct. Right? Because they react how you react. Um, By the way, by the way, let me just interrupt you. If you and I were in the military, and I think think if you interviewed somebody from the military, they would tell you the same thing. It's not just for children. If God forbid um, somebody, well, it's not just military, an adult was to get hurt, you would not say to the adult, Oh my God, you look terrible. You're going to, no, you'd say dealing with it. You'd internalize the situation and then work them towards safety. That's right. that's the way to handle it. Right. And so I'm really working on that with my youngest now, Jack River, who is the overreactor, right? We were at the, we were at the Creek yesterday and he got an ant bite, uh, dare I say in his nether regions. And I thought it was like fire ants were eating him alive. I put him in the creek and I was like, oh my God. And then I looked and it was like nothing. You know what I mean? And then he wouldn't yes. stop complaining because you know how like when you get a bite, it kind of just keeps popping up. You yeah, scratch. Yeah, yeah. He's losing his mind and I'm just trying to like, buddy, you're going to be okay. I promise you, you're going to be okay. Let me th- I thought that was Jack coming in. That was my father-in-law. But um, my son, Jack, who is now 12, Jesus, was eight. And you know, we attempted a 50K, which, right. which he finished during the 50K at mile 14. He went to do what boys do, take a pee in the woods. And unbeknownst to him, oh boy. rather than rather than ants that got his would you call it nether region? Right. Balls. <laughs> um it was um nettles. Stinging nettles. Oh dude. And so here's an eight year old, we're fourteen miles into a fifty K, and he had never experienced stinging nettles before, certainly not in that region. And they last like 10 or 15 minutes, and they hurt. They sting. They sting an adult. They hurt. And uh, he was losing his mind, and it was like, dude, I don't know. I can't explain it to you, but deal with it. Like, there's nothing I could do. 
can't take it away. Deal with it. So right. I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I, I think, um, you know my belief. My belief is every single generation that passes from the beginning of time, maybe not from the beginning of time, from, from the time that we've become more advanced, um, <coughs> 400, 500 years ago, um, we got, we, every generation is coddling their kids more and more. Um, <coughs> me, me included. And, and, um, and I'm, and I'm pretty tough on them relative to most of the population. And so naturally, naturally you produce softer and softer offspring. Jesus. Excuse me. The coffee. Yeah, you. You're, 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 you're us. What do you call it? <clears throat> you, you, you put some juju on that coffee. It went down the wrong. Now do you drink, do you drink black coffee in the morning or no, just juice? I don't, I don't drink, um, I love green juice. Um, I'll have a coffee once a month because I'm in a jam. Um, if you are going to drink coffee, I suggest really high quality coffee that's just black. Um, it really upsets me when I go into a Starbucks with somebody and I see the 18,000 calorie drinks on the shelf with whipped cream and you know they're more white than they are black and they're, I don't know, 700 ounces. Um, with 11 foot long straws, <laughs> like, I mean, you're, and, and plastic. And I have nothing against Starbucks because ultimately it's the consumer that's seeking that stuff. But, but, um, yeah, we gotta, we gotta fix that. I, I was at an event the other night and, and I was with a bunch of CEOs and leaders and I was, I was really concerned with how unhealthy everybody looked. Well, you know, that's what, um, Tim Ferriss said, how the four hour body came out was that he'd written the work week for a work week, he'd started to hang out with all these, you know, business leaders and they all were like, Hey, I'm 45. I got this gut. What do I do? Because right. people, teen, people tend to be guys that are great at the workaholic thing. Don't make yeah. time for their fitness or their health. No, I know. I, 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 my, I'm non-negotiable as you know. Um, matter of fact, the Skype, I'm, I'm late to doing the Skype with you because I was working out for a second time today, but it's non-negotiable much to my wife's frustration or anybody I know's frustration. Cause like it's Sunday, I'm, I'm going to be gone on business for July 4th, first July 4th I'll miss in my life. I love fireworks. And, um, I was like, all right, come on, I'll go to the beach with you. I'm not a big beach person. And so I'm sitting next to her. I was like, all right, I'll get my 300 burpees done next to her, right? So sand is flying, and she's embarrassed because there's not a lot of people on the beach doing burpees, but it's non-negotiable. <laughs> <laughs> I'm laughing at your – so my wife and my children are often embarrassed at, uh, at what I do, but it's not, it's not typically burpees. No. It's, it's usually like singing rap lyrics in the grocery store or whatever. All right. All right. Well, everybody has their own thing. You like to tone your – your um what are they called vocal cords vocal cords yeah all right so let's talk about the million dollar purse purse giveaway challenge that it's called yeah. and and i'll give you my beef with it because we talked a little bit over text right before you give me your beef with okay. it, because you always have a beef with everything, why don't you let me talk about it a little? Oh, no, for sure. For, I just, I'm oh, sorry. No. You're right. I assume most people have heard about it. Um, yeah. But also, Joe, also, yeah. Joe, I know you got a lot of yes people around you. No, so I, it's I, I good like to have – You're people. my go-to no person. Okay, good. You, you say no to everything. So, I'm, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm all for it. It's a good okay. thing I don't listen to you. I'm kidding. Right. Um, so I said to myself a couple of years back – 
I want to create um, three championships, right? One in Sparta, where people that have committed to do uh, three races, a trifecta in a year, could come out and do it. It should be in the holy land of Sparta. Um, my team helped pull that off, put it together, get the mayor of Sparta involved. I went to Sparta. I actually bought a piece of land in Sparta this year. Um, everybody in the community, whether they're Spartans or not, is invited to come out um, and check out this this awesome place. I mean, I can go on. We could do a whole podcast on on Sparta and what I found and what we bought there. Um, but how – I mean, I was walking around Sparta. I'm sorry to go down this, this rabbit hole, but I was okay. walking around Sparta – and I thought, oh, my God, I can't believe we own the intellectual property um, for this whole, the, this whole, you know, history. This, this like, like, literally, you're checking out the ruins and just blown away at what exists there in the mountains and the snow peaks. And anyway, so we got the thing in Sparta. And, and, and the goal is to get people to travel from around the world and, and commit to changing their life. Doing three, You know what happens. You do three races in a year, you're more likely to start waking up so early wait. going, Brad, Brad Fredericks doesn't own the intellectual property to a Spartan in Greece. I know he went out there to make some things happen. That didn't, he didn't get to own that. No, 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 he didn't get to own that. But, um, but he, he, I'll tell you, he was right. For those of you listening, Brad is a friend of Matt and I's and he's been involved in the community for, for a long time. He's definitely out there, but we love him. And, um, (laughs) and he was, um, he hiked, I think he hiked from Athens. He actually called me up on his way over one of the mountain passes on his hike from Athens to Sparta, which, which is like a two-and-a-half-hour drive to give you some perspective. I mean, it's got to be you know close to 200 miles or something, 170 miles. And this guy hiked it, which is great, proud of him. But he called me halfway over, and he's like, I'm out of money. Can you wire me some money? I said, how am I going to wire money to a mountain pass in Greece? Right. You know? Anyway. Um, no, dude, I gotta, I, I wanna, I'm going to uh, interrupt you here, though, just because uh, I, I feel like – there is so there is this weird thing, right? Like like people think we're nuts in general, right? Like what you run in the mud, you jump over fences. Like people think that's crazy, right? Or especially yeah. those of us that do it week in week out. Yeah. Um, you and I know different, but they right. And then there's this sort of extra level of folks that exist in our community that are you know I like to say dare I say certifiable, right? But they most of them have good enough quality, so. Brad and our friend Ray Upshaw and your buddy Devaney, right? These people are on yeah. like just, you know, they find our, our little world. Don't you find that kind of fascinating? Well, so um, for those listening out there, <laughs> we have a farm in Vermont and that farm is like a um, 700 acre magnet that attracts <laughs> those cosmic characters that are looking um, for something like this at a higher level. And, um, for them, they're going to be happy to know, and I love Devaney, and I, I love Ray, and, and I love Brad. <laughs> I have hired a global Spartan therapist as of last week, and um, she's awesome, and she's going to um, help us all and, and even help the cosmic characters. That's great. That, uh, that are on another level, because so, we could all use it a little bit. And I think if you – and I'm, we're on all over the place here, so hopefully uh, listeners are having fun, but, but I think – if you're male, and especially if you're Spartan or you're into obstacle racing, you're probably not into uh, the foofy things, right? You're not going to go see a therapist or a psychologist, but like we could all use a couple of uh, guiding light points. And so I was blown away by this woman who we filmed, and I said, you know what? Would you be interested in being 
our global therapist. So she's in. Cool. What's her so name? Stay, we'll plug her. I, I call her Dr. L. Okay. Dr. L. So, so stay tuned. We'll have some stuff coming for Dr. L. Um, I don't think we're going to be able to, I think she'll just be buried with questions if people have access directly to her. So I think we'll just do a weekly piece that says, look, if you're having issues with food, if you're finding the need to hike from Athens to Sparta, if you, whatever the thing is, right? Like here's some tips. Just, or just, yeah, do like a weekly Facebook live with her or something. That's a great idea. All right. So back to Sparta. Yeah. And the, you want to do a trifecta in a weekend. I want to do a trifecta in a weekend, and I want to appeal to trifecta people that are. So anyway, that got, boom, stake in the sand. That got done. Successful. Taking pictures of me or yourself, one or the other. Next, we got uh, Tahoe. Tahoe's been going forever. World Championship, great location. And then Iceland, this idea came about that, you know, let's just do a badass race for the ultras. And the reason I came up with that, or we came up with that, was I walked the course backwards a couple of years in Tahoe on Sunday during a cold, cold day. And I saw all the ultra participants and I had a camera with me and for the hell of it, I'm walking backwards and over, you know, 12 miles, I, I started asking them, Hey, what's your name? And they were stuck. Blah, 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 blah. Hey, you know, what day is that? Blah, 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 blah. They couldn't speak. They couldn't think they were frozen. They were like walking dead. And I've been there and you've been there. And I thought, you know, we should put together an ultra championship, but like in the toughest place in the world. And so uh, easy to get to, Iceland. So anyway, we got the three championships. They're all different distances. They appeal to different people. They're in different parts of the world. How do we um, do something that ties them together? And I'm sitting around a month ago, and I said, actually, I started thinking about it last year in Iceland. You know, could we give a big purse? Could we pull out the, the, the athletes from other sports, triathlon, um, uh, feld running, you know, go down the list, uh, ice climbing, just animals that might go for it right and all right we can't do it until i get an insurance company to bite because i can't we can't write a million dollar check you know we're not um although we look like this giant mega corporation um it's really it's really uh more of a family thing and we couldn't afford a million dollar hit so it took about three weeks and the insurance company said look it's going to cost you about 20 percent but if you're willing to pay it uh, we'll cover. We'll take the risk. Now, like you said, highly unlikely anybody could do it, but um, but there's always that chance. There's always that chance, and and if it was to happen, um, boy, my board, I'd probably get fired if we had to write a million dollar check. I would get fired. Um, and so, so anyway, we did it. I sent you the email, and then you started with all your negativity, and so here we are. <laughs> so. Um, you should I, give it away for anybody who comes with dark hair and looks good. Exactly. That's what I said. That was my, that was my response. Here's my response. I love it. I think it's awesome. Um, yeah. Because, you know, as we've gone down this list or gone down these roads and people are starting to, quote, unquote, specialize more, I, like you, like the animals, right? So, like, Killian has – I have mass respect for that guy, right? Yeah. yeah. He may not – win every race but he is not afraid of any challenge no. and he'll do a fucking hurricane heat the night before or whatever i know no and, he's an animal and the rest of the pretty boys are not doing that they're like fuck no, that he's, shit right he's an animal he's an animal and he really he he went he went next level i don't know how much you pay attention to your your cousin will dean's event there but last know. year what is it who <laughs> last year at world's toughest 
Yeah. You, you know, you got X amount of time to go around the loop. Yeah. And there comes a cutoff point where you're either going to make it or not make it, right? And making that extra loop might move you ahead, a position or in money. And for no other reason other than he wanted to do it, he went out for one more. And it didn't, uh, he was still going to be second. The money was going to be the same whether he went out or not. And that's, you know, for, I know for you, that's Spartan, right? Like, oh, fuck that's it. another level. That's another, that's, that, I mean, that's what this whole thing, I mean, that's the guy or the girl in the movie that we cheer for. Right. That's um, the unbreakable individual that's non-negotiable about stuff, and we all aspire to be it. So I agree. So there's a short list of people who even want to take on the 24 hours. There's a right? short list within our community, and there's probably another short list outside our community. And, and maybe, maybe it's like, okay, for a million bucks. Throw on my uh, OCR right. shoes, but here's but here's the part though. Here's the only then, Matt's caveat is the hundred mile piece makes that, it a lot harder. But 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 in fairness, if we didn't have the hundred mile piece in there, I don't think the insurance company would have taken it. I think it would have been complete risk. We would have had to take the million dollar risk, which I couldn't do. So so if you're me, you're saying to yourself, I want to throw the million dollars out there. It'd be like if I said to you, hey, we're going to give away $10 million to anybody who could break the two-hour marathon. You'd throw your arms up. You'd pace back and forth. You'd be pissed off. You'd say, that's ridiculous. Nobody could run a two-hour marathon. Someone will run a sub-two-hour marathon but at that, some point. No, it's – again, it's the, the – the reason is because it's the – it's a weird – it's a malleable thing that people could say you're stacking the deck even though you're not, Right. So here's I'm gonna give you an example. Okay. Yeah, give me an example. Yeah. Last year, yep. you know, I was talking to Mike a lot, Morris, right? Yeah. About, yep. you know, how because he 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 asked me for like, hey, what do you think about like just you know, he gets he's smart. He yep. got, he gets yep. smart people's opinion. <laughs> yeah. And he said, Well, here's the thing. We're gonna have to have a distance rec, uh, tracker, not just loops, because if it gets sort of bad, we're gonna have to shorten the course. At one point. Sure. So let's say that happens. Weather's really bad. You can't send people up that well, cliff. Well, it's funny, it's funny you ask that. It's funny you ask that because actually, you know why? The reason it's costing us so much money in insurance is for the reverse. If the weather is good, the insurance company could be fucked. If the weather is good, they have good. a better chance. But if they you have, have a really to, good chance. But here's the part what I'm saying is like, okay. for safety's sake, you change the course, right? Now everyone's going to say they did that so they don't have to pay the million bucks. Change the course and make it worse. You no, mean, if, if, no, if the last year had the wind gotten... Oh, you're saying, you're saying all of a sudden uh, there's ice and sleeting rain and, and 12 hours into it, the course needs to be changed. From a seven mile to a four mile, making it impossible to get the 100 miles. Because there's so many obstacles on each four, four mile lap. Because you just made the... I think, I think we should just put together a protocol. Um, should, should, I mean, I'm, I'm willing, it's something I hadn't thought of, but I'm willing to put together some protocol that says, should weather get bad, here's what happens. And, and let's not stack the deck against them. Let's not make it easier. But no. Let's try to and and again, with- even though you weren't trying to, it might be, but here's my other thing, because it's still yeah. such a short range and basically after Tahoe, yeah, there's only two people that even have a chance of doing it, right? Once the first event happens... Now you've narrowed the list from the entire world to two people, right? I was thinking about. I was thinking, you know what? After Tahoe, maybe, um, maybe we do something interesting. Maybe we throw out another purse at that point, right? Well, but this is what I was going to say: is that is that you say a million bucks is for the hundred yep. miles? Just win all three will give you two fifty. Because even that's so fucking hard. 
and going to get you out some serious people, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you're going to have the same problem. If you do 250, if you win all three, um, just after Tahoe, there's nobody else in the running but top female, but, top male. But they might have to get off their ass and figure out how to run a 24-hour race in Iceland, which they've never done before. I mean, yeah. even, even Atkins has never been to Iceland. John Albin's never run in Iceland. You know what I mean? Yeah. So anyway, this just why don't we do? Why don't we do a? Um, if you're up for it, why don't we get all the talking heads um, on the phone? David oh. from Singapore, Mike, whatever. I don't know if you could do a split screen at some point or a Facebook Live. We'll get everybody on and we'll debate this for ten minutes. But but prior to that call, we'll list out the things you're suggesting because I'm not opposed. I'm not opposed to uh, making some tweaks. I I just I want a million dollars out there. By the way, and I I think if nobody was to win it this year. Take it to two million next year. Add a million the next year. Get it to three million, four million. At some point, somebody's going to crush this thing. That I kind of like. I just, right? I just, I just, yeah. And I, I just feel like, yeah. I don't know. There's so many. You and I, at some point, when it get to four or five million, we'll figure out how to win the damn thing. <laughs> like you will. Like Hobie will come out of retirement. He'll get used right, to the well, cold. And- <laughs> well, so by the way. Yeah, those of us have been, have been around that you know that's a little bit of the like whatever you call it that's a that's a drama. Drama is the bad word. I'd call it a. Uh, I've never asked you this, so let me ask you. So I'm saying in our hundreds of talks in six years, yeah, this is what the this is what the story is. And before you tell the story, I have a question for you. Yes, were you at that death race? No. All right. Let me tell you something, and then you tell me the story. You ready? Well, I want to give context for the listener. That's I all. already know the context, but let the me listeners tell you don't. But then you tell the story. You could tell the story exactly as you were going to say. I just want you to know something as you, before you tell the story. There was a moment when Hobie quit that race. Five hours later, after getting cleaned up and standing by the fire, I begged him in front of everyone and on film to get back in. I would let him back in. Tell your story, and then I'll tell you why. Okay. Why I, why I did that. Here's the story, and I'm saying story because I want yep. the fact, and I've never asked you yep. this on record and maybe not even off record. The story yep. is uh, mild-mannered HVAC repairman living in yep. Utah, here starts winning a couple races, or even before he started winning, you would put out this challenge that if anyone wins every race, which were there were 15 at the time, they could get 100,000. He starts winning every race, Nobody could touch him back then. And then there was a bait and switch. This is the story, quote unquote. You said, oh, and now you have to come and win the death race too, which of course isn't a point-to-point race and has all these variables. So old Joe pulled the old bait and switch because he didn't want to spend the 100 grand. That's the quote unquote story. Now, if you want to straighten out the facts, that would be great. Because this is, again, I've never asked you this. Yeah, so prior to you telling that that little um, thing, I said um, he was about five hours after dropping. He quit. It wasn't like um, he didn't win. He just quit. Uh, I begged him to come back in. Now let me tell you that. Let me give you the facts. And some of what you said is true. I um, I throw it out there. Had he begun racing yet or not? No. He I had throw it out there. No. The reason he got into racing was because of what I put out there. Right. And you so bought him a TV. Sees, and you bought him a TV or something along yeah, the way. He sees this article, this note somebody sends him, where it says. Um, Spartan races offering a hundred thousand dollars for anybody who could win all their races this this summer. Nah, I'm not interested. He says to himself, "You got you got to watch it, the little mini documentary documentary we made on him because he talks about this." 
He then starts thinking about it. He says, you know what? I'm in. I don't know any of this because I don't know him at this point. I show up to our race in California, Southern California. I meet Kevin Galati for the first time. You know Kevin Galati. Another certifiable nut job. He is awesome. I love Kevin. <laughs> I meet Kevin for the first time. I meet, I forget the gentleman's name, who had been struck by lightning and nearly died for the first time. And it's an awesome day. It's cold. It's snowy. And an older gentleman comes up to me, who I find out later is Hobie's dad. And he says, do you want to meet the winner of today's race? Race hadn't even started yet. I said, yeah, sure. Whoever. Happy to meet him. Hobie's dad introduces me to Hobie. Shake his hand. I'm now talking to Kevin Galati, who as far as our industry goes, is the most senior person in this. In the, like, he had 10 years under his belt before we started putting on these races. He was finding anything close to what a Spartan race or obstacle race looked like around the world, and he was doing them I for you, a decade. I thought, I thought you were doing them. Well, I was doing very long-distance adventure races. He was doing stuff that looked more like what we do now, just crazy stuff in Italy and here and there. You should talk to him at some point. Anyway, he's doing that for a decade. I'm talking to him. I tell him some, a dad just introduced me, a guy who's, Kevin looks over at the guy, Hobie, with his friends, who are all like, um, and, and I apologize if I'm, I'm misplacing uh, the facts on the sports that Kevin came from, but like um, biathletes and, and uh, Nordic skiers, really high engine capacity type athletes, right? Kevin and his friends, like five friends he's got there. They look over at Hobie and they said, never even seen the guy, been racing for 10 years. We're, we like do worlds. We do this. We do that. Never seen the guy. So sorry for the noise. Um, are you okay? Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear people. Somebody's doing dishes, but sure. Somebody's doing dishes. Is it okay? Yeah, it's fine. All right, cool. So, so um, hang on. Let me see if I can get them to quiet down. Yeah. Hi. So so um, so he looks over at Hobie. And he said, never seen the guy before. I've been racing for a decade. No chance that guy's winning. And he doesn't look, you know, the physical specimen of Hobie. He doesn't look, he's kind of this bony runner. And right? look at, and, and, but Kevin looked like a stud and his buddies look like studs. Anyway, Hobie wins. He doesn't just win. He beats, he crushes Kevin and his friends, crushes them. So now it's post-race and they're like, we don't, I don't even know who this guy, this is unbelievable. I don't even know where this guy came from. And he says, um... He said, let me tell you something. There is no chance that any human being could win any, uh, you know, all your races. It can't happen. It, you know, it's one thing to win one. It's another thing to win two. It's another thing to win three. To win 16, whatever it was that year, right? Impossible. Not going to happen. Don't worry about it. Okay. Anyway, hope he wins the next one. <laughs> and the next one. And then now I'm sweating, right? And my go-to move was not the death race because that was always one of our races. You had to do all the, the events. My go-to move instead, and, and people hate me for this, was I put out a bounty. I said, I will pay anybody $30,000 who could beat this guy. Right. Now, it's, it, that's like insurance, we call that. It wasn't just insurance. It was like, if we really want to build this business, which was the whole point of giving away the hundred grand, I have to find other athletes that are amazing to come into the sport. Can't just have one amazing guy and everybody else is six minutes behind. But it, it, right? it, by the way, that was the first two years of OCR. People don't remember that. I haven't been around yeah. that, right? Yeah, that was it. So anyway, he's crushing race after race after race. I can't find anybody, even with a bounty. And he shows up to death race, and it looks like I'm first six hours, and this guy's going to win this thing too. 
And they're in the cold water, and he hates cold water. He made a mistake. He told me that he hates cold water. Well, you know Death Race. You've been there with me. Cold water is just part of the whole thing. And he's so cold, he literally quits, which I never expected. I expect, I mean, here's a guy with all the heart in the world, right? He gave up everything to do this with, for his family, and, and he quits. And somehow, I forget what the term is called when there's a, um, a hostage <laughs> and, the, and the hostage starts to have empathy towards the person that took them. Oh, it's Stockholm, Stockholm Syndrome. Stockholm Syndrome. Somehow I got Stockholm Syndrome in the situation because I actually felt bad for Hobie. I actually, even though it was going to cost me 100 grand, I sat there and I looked and I said, I want this guy to win. And I literally have to start slapping myself and saying, what are you thinking? You don't want him to win. You're happy you quit. But I wanted him to get back in the game. So for the next five hours, I begged him with his family, with Forrest, to get him back in the race because it was like, it just didn't feel good. It would have felt worse to pay the hundred grand, but it just didn't feel good. So anyway, that, those are the facts um, on, on that. And, and the reality is um, you can't throw, people don't throw around a hundred grand or a million dollars lightly. Like, I'm sorry, uh, it would be certainly easier if we said they didn't have to do 100 miles in Iceland, but um, it's a million dollars. It's not 20 grand. It's, it's right. Um, so, yeah, that's, I, I just, again, it was the 100 mile part, which a lot of people I don't think didn't even notice. They just thought, oh, cool, win all three and you can do sure. it. And, um, but yeah, it was the, it's the 100 miles part that's the moving we, and, and I don't know if you remember, we did a piece last year in Iceland on the, um, on the 100 miles. And I said, why don't we give away big money for anybody who could do the 100 miles, which obviously is hard. I mean, when you, when you throw a giant bounty out for something, a million dollars, I think we would all agree is giant, um, you then have to make sure the hurdle is high, right? So it's, I'm sorry, it's going to be hard to get the million dollars. <laughs> <laughs> all right, but listen, I like the idea if you guys, if you – if you want to include me, fine. You don't have to. But yeah, no, if, no. If I'd, love you, to include, I'd love to include you, yeah, and, and have like a little panel and, and pose in advance all the things that could go wrong. Um, I'd love to do that. And by the way, I don't know if it could be much worse than – I mean I guess it could be, but I thought it was pretty bad. Like the people were talking about how bad the wind was and, and I kept saying, to Mike, are bad. you going to change it? And he was like, nope, it's not bad enough. And I was like, wow, because people were – People would come back into that ca- into that dome, and they were like, you know, they didn't look good. They didn't look good. <laughs> uh, it was brutal. Um, all right, all right, it's all good. Uh, I know you. Are you going for the million? Am I going for the million? I'm not going for the million, Joe. Not this year. Listen, I'm. I, I got to wait. Like when my kids are a little bit older, I can start. You know, I can get out more. Right now, I can't even leave that. You know what I mean? Like, I, they got to come with me. So I yeah, bring sure. Jackson. I bring Jackson with me to a lot of my well, my little travels. Um, uh, do, do, do you think Battlefrog's coming back? I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think so. Thanks, guys. That's going to do it. As I said, as I mentioned, as I previously told you, there will be another episode up this week in the next few days about the European Championships that just happened. We'll fill you in on the drama, the pageantry, and all the stuff that went down. Okay, talk to you soon. Gotta run.
What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.